Hi, everybody. Welcome to 2ZQ Hot Takes, where we discuss issues both big and small. I am your host, the very handsome Tim Kirk, and today I'll be talking about what it means to be qualified. What does it mean to be qualified? In my life, I have delivered newspapers, caddied at a golf club, sold goods at several flea markets in the New York metro area, worked in money market operations for the Bankers Trust Company, cooked everything from wine and cheese, pub grub, to hope cuisine in expensive restaurants, waited tables, got to wait on an impressive array of celebrities and politicians, as well as regular people, tended bar. After four drinks, everybody is an a-hole. Managed several restaurants and had to deal with everything from raw emotion to takeout containers. Was classical music department manager for HMB Records. More celebrities. It was star-studded every day. Worked as an AV tech at an Ivy League university. Worked in the Network Operations Center, otherwise known as a NOC, for a digital television broadcasting company, setting up feeds and connections and making up a lot of reports. Was internet marketing and e-commerce manager for a well-known New York City-based wine merchant. When I got there, the website was virtually devoid of information, and it wasn't even indexed on Google. I took it to page rank five and did almost 12,000 SKUs single-handedly with metadata and meta descriptions and information from not only Wine Spectator and the estates and the wineries, but also their high-resolution imagery. I was a product service analyst for NBBC.com, the incubator for Hulu. I was a departmental administrator, otherwise known as an event and project coordinator at NBC Universal. I created and produced a number of events and event series from industry events to tech summits to company-wide info fairs. I volunteered and became event lead for out at NBC Universal, doing the logistics and event coordination for everything from the St. Patrick's Day Parade to Gay Pride. I am a podcast producer and host of two podcasts. I write them, interview people, upload and manage social media. I attended Fordham University the American Institute of Banking, Adelphi University, Future Media Concepts, where I got certified in Avid Media Composer. Now I mostly use Premiere and other non-linear video editing tools when I do cut video that is not solely on my phone. I graduated from the French Culinary Institute. I attended Media Bistro and got a certificate in event planning. Where does this all lead? Well, a gentleman by the name of Louis Javier Concepcion, who was an executive supply chain leader with a passion for diversity and inclusion, wrote, and I am paraphrasing, according to a LinkedIn 2016 report, the typical career path these days takes about 15 job changes. When trying to get all the skills necessary to get to the top of your profession or to acquire new skills to change career paths, changing jobs might be the obvious route. However, there is a new trend to look for side gigs and learn those skills. Creating a nonprofit, running a blog, social media marketing, etc. 
Clever, right? The answer is yes, but the real question should be, what are companies doing to transform the workplace to allow the flexibility internally and use it as a retention strategy? Creating rotational programs, special assignment projects, and many others. This is going to be crucial to win the war for talent. End quote. Where does this all lead, one might think? I guess I have another job or two to go before I become a CEO of a Fortune 500 corporation. I have always believed that I, along with quite a lot of people, can be presented a challenge, whether it be technical skill, professional goals, or a combination of that to any degree, just work and work hard. And if you get it, you will do it. I have seen quite a lot of smoke and mirrors, dog and pony shows, bells and whistles, and large rounds of self-congratulations on very skimpy results to confuse and addle peers, and have seen it work, much to my amazement. If they just put the same effort into actually accomplishing what they pretend to do, it would be less glamorous and somewhat more tedious, but more fruitful, I like to tell myself. It's sort of like being the guy everyone calls or has to call when they do call in sick to work. All you think to yourself is, you are a terrible, unconvincing actor, as bad as the guy who pretends he made reservations to the place their partner wants to go on Valentine's Day and forgot to make a reservation. So they put on an act and make like they did reserve a table and stop their feet and throw a tantrum in an attempt to get a table when they didn't to save face. By the way, just use open table or resin. And everyone knows it, but everyone agrees on letting it pass because they want the same hall pass when they do it. I have worked with very many people I knew were, let's say, clinically inept and unfit for their positions, both socially and professionally. And by professionally, I do not mean being technically proficient. I mean being able to stand up like a responsible, reasonable, respectable, compelling, adept adult in a professional setting. I've maintained that quite a lot of people get the chance to grab the ring, adopt an esoteric lexicon, and they all get caught up in the fever of the experience, go off and running without a real clue. But since so many others are doing the exact same thing, it is hard to call them on it until push comes to shove. And by then they have failed up. I also know a great deal of people who were initially given short shrift and wound up being invaluable to teams, orgs, and corporations because their egos were in check. And they just plied themselves to their positions, were critical of their own work, resolved to succeed, and were smart enough to see opportunity. What's worse is that while these people progress in earnest on merit, a lot of people with the same or better capabilities were brushed aside and not given a second thought. I have seen ageism, racism, sexism, homophobia, weightism, all sorts of bias, cognitive or not, in action. Do currently experience ageism and was astonished to see weightism come into play. Men and women with high degrees of intelligence and social skills could walk into the same room, meet the same people, say word for word what a youthful, slim, subjectively better dressed, conventionally more attractive individual would speak after the heavier person did. The heavier person would be coldly rejected by allegedly informed, woke, smart people, while the pretty ones were warmly received and embraced merely by their appearance and situational vocabulary, even though they didn't really understand the words they were speaking. Appearances count for more than we like to believe. 
it is quite galling to see people be dismissed out of hand due to their appearance. And by that, I mean they dress and groom well. They just aren't chicly pretty. All this, while others adopted a series of cagey, distracting body language texts or mannerisms, is short, meaningless, non-committal responses and uh, clever witticisms to hide their incompetence, all the while letting others believe that they were industrious, capable, and possessed a high degree of aptitude for the challenges presented to them, but their biggest asset was the ability to deflect, subversively delegate, and shift responsibilities to colleagues while managing to take credit for others' efforts. But none of this says anything about soft skills, nor does it even address soft skills. Being able to empathize with and deal with issues, problems, and communicate your progress and achievements without diminishing what others do is a great skill set. Dealing with people, problems, and politics is not simple and requires emotional intelligence and intestinal fortitude, which many of us would rather not be put to the test. It is not cut and dry and cannot simply be read and interpreted on a resume or a job application. Some managers couldn't care less. They need to meet requirements and or quotas or their positions are in peril, and that is as far as they are willing or able to extend themselves. You have to get people and want them to succeed. I have been lucky enough to have managers see in me what others overlook entirely, not all managers, and have always been grateful to them for the opportunity and the acknowledgement of work well done. It's encouraging, it is motivational, and it doesn't take anything away from anyone to do so. Just like being nice to strangers. It doesn't hurt, it doesn't cost anything, and it just might make somebody's day, week, month, year, or even jumpstart their career. Small talk is important, at least as important as big talk. You can only go so far with both or either. I'm ready for my boardroom experience. Thanks for listening. See you next time. And as the kitties say, peace out. Thank you.